when they arrive, they'll make their way to the Victoria Concert Hall and Theatre and search for Alan Wu. Alan Wu? Host of The Amazing Race Asia. Ready, set, go! Welcome to the third episode of URT number of the Amazing Race Asia podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me, as always, is the Canadian who is so freaking mean, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. I'm not mean. All I said was that you look pretty. Pretty ugly. Ooh, burn. <laughs> ah, Rachel and Vicky, earning that OTTN. They are one of only a few teams in recent memory who've earned an OTTN EDGIC score for an episode. That was probably the worst burn I've ever heard of. Not just for Amazing Race Asia standard, but I think worldwide. She's gonna need some ointment for that burn. No, she's gonna need... She's gonna need to to issue a, a, a public apology for her burn. She's gonna need skin grafts it was that bad. It's third degree burns. Like, for their, just originally, there wasn't even going to be a non-elimination penalty, but because of that burn, uh, there's going to be the marked for elimination, and all their, all, the, all their money will be taken away, and there will be a speed bump. All three at the same time, just because of that burn and how, how stupid it was. I heard to help Rach alleviate that burn, they're going to give them a speed bump of sitting on an ice chair for ten minutes. Yeah. And since Sabrina and Joe Jer did a cameo at the end of uh, this episode, I assume uh, uh, Kev Jumba will make a cameo for the ice chair. Almost certainly. So, previously nine teams raced from Jakarta to Bandung in Indonesia. At a rocky detour, Brandon and Alpheus raced ahead, but a directional mistake gave Yvonne and Chloe a win. JK and Mike cracked and almost fell apart, but Brandon and Alpheus fell behind and were the second team eliminated from the race. Third team. Second team properly eliminated. Lisa and Nicole's elimination was not valid. Yeah, and what's going to be great with Lisa and Nicole, what was great with them is that they're going to be uh, on this podcast, but unfortunately about 10 minutes before we, st- we started, um, they, they didn't want to be interviewed by us. They, they just dropped out, like, yeah, like 10 minutes before. Like, we, 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 didn't, we, we really hadn't even started yet. I thought you were going to go with the usual revival pass joke and make this a recurring joke, but thank God you didn't. <laughs> Come on, I, I, there's got to be some fresh material here and there. But this podcast thrives on people telling the same jokes over and over again. It's what they come for. Same jokes, different day. Yeah, the same jokes, the praising of Wu's puns, the Rupert impressions, the Logan! That sort of stuff. Uh, so, teams must now take a taxi back to Jakarta and find a Garuda Indonesia office that is in a mall where they can book their tickets to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. 
And once there, they have to find the Great Eastern Building and search for their next clue. Two advertisers rolled into one routing hoe. Two. So intense. Like, like I was thinking what they they should have just gone all out with and said, oh, to uh, you have to take a grab taxi to the Garuda um, ticketing counter, and once you uh, get into Kuala Lumpur, then you get into uh, another grab taxi, and they have to stop at a Caltex uh, gas station to fuel up. And then they drive to the Great Eastern Life Insurance Building. Did I tell you that Tom off of Anita has started following me on Instagram? I think one of them, I think Tom in, uh, is following me on Instagram too. He did that just before the season started. Yeah, a couple of days ago I got a notification on my phone that said, T Barrett has started following you on Instagram. And I looked who it was and it's Tom off of Anita. Yeah, I think, I think all the contestants are on Instagram. I think I found pretty much all of them. Yeah, the weird thing is, I wasn't following him first, so obviously he's listening to this podcast, so hi Tom. Yes, he, he found me too before I followed him. I think he was listening all along. Tom, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> Mind you, I have to stick by the half-English people. Yeah. You know, English power when it comes to, uh, when it comes to television. You know, cause we, we, don't, we don't dominate the airwaves enough. It is a small group of people who've appeared on The Amazing Race who are English, so I have to stick by them when they appear. Yes, and I hear they're just slightly more charming than Andy and Laura. Yeah. So, basically, Alex and Will say that they live next to the Great Eastern Building. They live right in... In fact, because of this episode, they are now going to go to get the proper education to become insurance brokers. Fun fact, they were actually thinking about abseiling onto their house's roof, but they were told by production they couldn't because they'd get a penalty otherwise. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, they said they live, like, right next door to it, so, you know, you just have to... There would have been probably lots of slack in the abseiling rope, so... I can... Maybe that's why he missed the flag the first time, and it was just edited out. Yeah, he was waving to his family members who were cheering him on from the sidelines. Yeah, they uploaded the picture onto uh, Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just him just smiling and flexing his muscles. And which one of Alex and Will was it who did the roadblock, Logan? Alex. You sure? No. (laughs) (laughs) But but I want to say that I'm about 80% sure it's Alex. The 20% has it then, because it was Will. you got to be kidding me. I only know because it was very distracting this episode that Alex kept calling Will Willie. Wow, so I'm going to question any commitment to certainty in the near future on this podcast. Um, at the beginning, we didn't get any in- no intro whatsoever. We didn't get introduced to the wonderful city of Bandung, Indonesia. Maybe Wu really hated it there, or maybe he was just too busy putting Tara Basro back on house arrest. Yeah. Like, did the bracelet go off when I went to went to the airport? I love how people were actually surprised that I named last week's episode the Indonesian Ansang Suki. They were surprised? Yeah, everyone was quite surprised that I named it that. <laughs> like, but it was the most obscure thing in an episode, and the more obscure a title, the better in my book. So, this is weird to have co-hosts and one of them doesn't leave the country for the majority of the season. Yeah. And if the rumours are true about next week, 
it looks like she's going to be away for a majority of the season now. Yeah, she'll be in, what, five out of the 11 episodes, I guess? Yeah, despite the fact that Wu said pre-season it would be 10 episodes, it doesn't add up anymore because we've got an extra location they didn't announce, and uh, Reality Fan Forum has it as 11 legs, so I'm assuming it's 11 legs now. Yeah, and uh, so I feel like like the title of co-host shouldn't even really apply then if it's just part-time. It should be a guest appearance, like guest appearances by Tara Basro. She should be credited as a special guest star. Yeah, be like be like the Penny Johnson Gerald of the Amazing Race. And I love how she didn't even make an appearance for a second this week, and she still is the punching bag of the podcast. <laughs> did you I, did you see her release for her new TV show, Three Sassy Sisters? Given what you've told me about the releases of Tara Basra that you've seen in the past, I'm not sure I want to see any release from her. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess she's one of the sassy sisters, and the other two sassy sisters are Sabrina and Jojer. It's interesting to me that Sabrina and Jojer ended up as the Pitstock greeters, because they didn't exactly mention who they were in the episode. Even though they were the first all-female winners ever internationally? But also, Sabrina ended up doing some promo for them pre-season, because she ended up doing a casting video where she did a bungee jump. Yeah, both both of the, aren't both of them a part of the ca- the production crew now? Because Sabrina's been a part of the production since season two, I thought. If that is true, then that would be weird for everyone racing, because anyone who didn't know who they were would probably be like, oh, it's just a random producer as the pit stop creature this week. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be Bertram Van Munster at the next pit stop then. Well, he has been a pit stop greeter before. Which which episode was that? It was the Switzerland leg of Fake All Stars, and the pit stop greeter was the mountain guide who looked suspiciously like Bertram. Uh, the thing is, is that I've blocked out most of the Amazing Race Fake All Stars. There's another fantastic lookalike in this episode. I want to see whether you noticed it or not later. Well, I didn't write... I didn't write down anything about another Bertram lookalike. No, it's not Bertram, it's someone else. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have any lookalikes, but I guess we'll find out in due time. Uh, speaking speaking of time, no departure times. Again? Yeah. I'm not going to keep arguing this every week, so whatever, if they don't want to do it, as long as they do it for Amazing Race Sage 6, I won't care that much. I guess their justification is that it's an equalizer, but still, it helps figure out the distance between teams at the end of the last leg. So, Louisa and Treasury are the first to the mall, and they find out that actually there's no flight until the next morning, so they're all going to be on the same flight. And then they get a wonderfully not-at-all scripted Garuda infomercial. Garuda is the best airline. The service, it's the best meal I've had in days. That's because it's probably the only meal they've had in days. (laughs) It wins by default. And once teams land in Kuala Lumpur, they have to buy tickets to get a taxi, which is a fact that only Eric and Rona realise, which makes them the first to the Great Eastern Building. And they find out it's a roadblock, which is who understands the value of insurance. Before we get to another shameless promotional plug for the Amazing Race Asia, one of my other favourite Louise and Treasury moments early on is when they get nearly run over by that nighttime traffic on the way to the airport. I really like Louisa and Treasury. 
Yeah. Or the sound effects that they made in the taxi when they're like, pop, 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 pop. I know I said preseason they remind me a lot of Zabrina and Jojo, and, you know, they're living up to them already. They're great. Yeah, they have the best average out of anybody so far this season. And it's not even close. No, because everyone's been so yo-yoing throughout the standings while Louise and Treasury have stayed in the top three every single leg so far. They have less than half of the average of the next best team, which is Yvonne and Chloe. Wow. So Rona doesn't get the honeymoon that she asked for. Are they newlyweds? Because I didn't think they were. No, they're going to have to follow uh, Justin and Diana's steps and try to get Rachel Ray to provide her with uh, the honeymoon that she wants. Yeah, and on that note, congratulations to Justin and Diana who got married on Friday. Yes, they did. So many Snapchats. Friends of the podcast, Justin and Diana. I'm amazed that they got married uh, while Amazing Race Asia was going on. I thought Justin would have just held it off until the season was over. They're not doing any Amazing Race Asia coverage, though, are they? No, I asked Justin before we started the podcast if he was going to be doing another season of for Amazing Race Asia, and he said they weren't. They barely did anything for Amazing Race Canada. They only did, like, five or six episodes, I think. So the roadblock is who understands the value of insurance, and in this roadblock, one team member must abseil down a 300-foot skyscraper, collect a flag, and exchange it with the CEO of Great Eastern for some reason for their next clue. You know what where Tara probably was? Maybe she's not under house arrest. She was just at one, she got confused and was at one of the other offices. Their, their Myanmar uh, consultary office. I think that's where she was. But she can't be seen in the same room as Aung San Suu Kyi because they're the same person. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, she was on house arrest, but in Myanmar with her relative Aung San Suu Kyi. International house arrest. Exactly. And no, that isn't a joke about how all Asian people look the same. No, this is the whole all all, all two uh, female uh, Asian personalities uh, we know of that aren't a team on the Amazing Race are under house arrest together. Well, they gotta find. They have to have somebody to talk to and hang out with until they get back to Indonesia. Wonder, wonderful Indonesia. Damn it, I always get the country wrong. It's like people who say China when we should be jumping in and correcting them and say, it's not China, it's the People's Republic of China. Exactly. The Republic of China is something completely different. Yeah, it's Taiwan slash Formosa slash Chinese Taipei. And on another note, just pick one damn name. Isn't Formosa the name of the wave house that Alan Wu frequents? No, that's Sentosa. Formosa is was what the Portuguese originally called uh, uh, Taiwan uh, when they discover quote unquote discovered it in like the fifteenth or fourteenth century. I must admit, I do giggle every time I see Wu talk about the Sentosa Wave House on social media because he did another post this week praising it for its seventh anniversary, and all I could think of was, "I hope Logan's on top of this because this is becoming a running joke now." <laughs> He needs to, hopefully he does another ALS uh, ice bucket challenge. Ice bucket challenge, not challenge. Yeah, you just want to see an ice bucket challenge, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Speaking of uh, stalking uh, Alan Wu on social media, um, they've been doing a press tour thing for Amazing Race Asia week to week. 
And I think they were in Malaysia yesterday. It was Singapore because it was him and Ray and Kaiji and JK and Mike. Right. They were in Singapore, kind of Malaysia. It's, it's within Malaysia. <laughs> you just have to travel like 20 kilometers, I guess, and you're, you would be in Malaysia from that mall would be my assumption, eh? Probably less than that, actually, because Singapore is only about 10 kilometers square. Wow. So, yeah, they were hanging out at that mall there. And JK really goes after uh, Alan during the challenge that uh, um, Ray made them do. Was that for her YouTube channel or for Alan's WooTube channel? No, this was on Facebook. This was like a Facebook Live video they did, but they could have done a longer video on Ray's uh, YouTube channel. So, with the roadblock, it was Rona, Tom, Treasury, Maggie, JK, Will, Vicky, and Chloe doing it. Alan's pun backfires when he explains the roadblock. Did he catch that? I didn't know. He said, oh, uh, Team Sue uh, can't brave this challenge. She'll be left high and dry. But the thing is, is that a big storm comes in minutes later and it's soaking wet. So being high and dry no longer works for Alan's pun. Yeah, woo. Get some new puns. Ugh. Yeah, the, the weather uh, really put, uh, gave him a shot out of luck in uh, this, this episode. I do like the fact that we are still being graced with woo puns. Yeah, he, he ain't dead yet, folks. And a rule that is mentioned that definitely won't come back to bite anyone later is that if you drop or miss the flag, you have to go back, do it again, and go to the back of the queue. Back of the queue. But seriously, why didn't they just call it a sticker instead of a flag? That's so confusing. Yeah, and I'm assuming everyone would have been looking out for an amazing race flag rather than Great Eastern's logo. Yeah, that'd be funny if that starts slowly overtaking the clue envelopes, where it's like the Amazing Race Asia, and then in the bottom right's the Great Eastern Life logo, and then the next leg it takes up uh, all four corners, and then by the end of the season, the Amazing Race Asia is just completely removed, and the clue just says, Great Eastern Life Insurance when they open up the clue. It's the Amazing Race Asia presented by Great Eastern. <laughs> It'd be funny though is if somebody gets hurt during the repelling challenge and then they get to the bottom and then the CEO is like, um, sorry, but the but uh, your plan that you guys had going into the season with all the contestants, um, this entry isn't covered. Yeah, you should have had insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so Rona absolutely smashes it and her and Eric leave in first and teams must now take a train to Penang and find the Waterfall Hill Temple to find their next clue That sounds like something out of The Legend of Zelda Yeah, because everyone hates the Water Temple and this is the Breath of the Wild version the Waterfall Hill Temple <laughs> And uh, see, and what's even uh, what makes it even worse is that you can't even go in when you want to True, it is the only dungeon in Zelda history where you have to wait until sunrise to get into it. Yeah, yeah, or wait till they wait till they become uh, adult contestants. Or you have to wait until moonfall. Yes, and then they just keep repeating going to the waterfall waterfall temple once every three days. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Cue angry son. Um. So Tom and Anita are the second to leave. And then the remaining teams suffer a lightning warning. What's with the Masonry Asia having heights challenges that get delayed or or in that 
one scenario with AD and Fuzzy where it was outright canceled due to lightning. But yeah, and what was funny too with the uh, heights uh, with the insurance challenge is that uh, Rona was praying, and it's just funny to think that with Rona praying in the insurance building, you think, hmm, I wonder if God works in insurance. He's the real CEO of Great Eastern Life. So that's who he really is. He just made those those flags disappear for JK and Will. They didn't miss the flag. God just didn't want them to get it on their first try. God moves in mysterious ways. Alan Alan moves in mysterious ways. And the first available train is not until 5.50pm, which is about two and a half hours after Erica Rona reached the station. And Louisa and Treasury leave in third, with Perul and Maggie in fourth. And JK misses the flag, as does Will, so they both have to go back up and try again. Did JK say when he was about to repel the first time that his crotch was in his throat? Probably, because I'm pretty sure they'd agreed that Mike was going to be doing any challenges like that, just looking at his reaction. Yeah, because either he's, he either said rope or throat, but I'm going to go with throat. My crotch is in the rope. That sounds painful. <laughs> either way, it sounds painful. Yeah, I would feel a slight amount of sympathy for Gerald if it was get caught in a rope. Yeah, you're, we're, we're, you're not a complete jerk about uh, Gerald and, uh, and uh, his antics. No, I'm just a partial jerk. I'm sort of 90% jerk. No, nobody deserves the crotch and the rope. No, I'm a partial jerk, as opposed to you being so frickin' mean. <laughs> and, uh, did you catch a Perule's, uh, dance punching, uh, prior to the start of the roadblock? I did not. She was, like, dance punching to psych herself up. It was kind of amusing. And then, of course, she complains about the rope being too skinny for her. Oh, what, what a horrible problem to have, Perule. As a model. Yeah. The rope's too skinny. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so, in the MVP move of the episode, Louisa and Treasury get tickets for 550, but manage to convince a couple to swap with them, so they are on 520 and the only team leaving half an hour early. Not everything's an equalizer in the Amazing Race Asia, folks. Although this did end up being an equalizer once they got to Penang, so... But, but, but yeah, it was impressive. It was a very, very, very good move. And even with three... They were, they were at the top of the leaderboard, you know, heading into each equalizer, I believe. Because they were... Because this happened... Actually, this happened in the previous leg, where they were first to, uh, first to that first route marker. And they're like, oh, that's just part of the race. And then this, like, it was definitely part of the race, because I believe they were first to the Garuda Airport. They were first to the Great Eastern Life Building. No, Eric and Rona were first to the Great Eastern Building. They were third. Oh, yeah. So they were, like, second or third there. And then here we are uh, heading to the to Penang, and they're first there as well, and they're stuck to wait it out. And then they go on to win the episode when there was only two tasks remaining at the start of the next day. So well done to them. Who'd have thought after three episodes that Louisa and Treasury would be our biggest threats of the season? Yeah, they look like a pretty scary team, I would say. Very agile. Very agile and very sharp. Their archetype tends to win the season, but not any of the other legs, so they are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they they don't become big U-turn or uh, yield targets. Yeah. And Chloe gets possibly the quote of the episode when she says she's straddling the end. I wrote that down too. That was gonna. That was my next note. I thought you might have, pervert. 
Oh, come on. We just got through a whole segment talking about JK having, a cr- having his crotch in the rope. And now I'm being penalized for that. <laughs> You're marked for elimination. You have to come first on the next podcast or you get a 30-minute penalty. <laughs> and Vicky swears three times in a row. Shit, 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 shit. shit, shit. <laughs> so Yvonne and Chloe leave in fifth. Vicky and Rachel bicker. Alex and Will have a sweary fight. Why don't they say sticker? And JK and Mike decide that they're not built for the Amazing Race, which I could have told them weeks ago. (laughs) You did tell them that weeks ago. We told everybody that weeks ago. JK and Mike, you're not built for the Amazing Race. Or life. Story of the day. And it is quite distracting that Alex keeps calling Will Willie. Anyway, at least his crotch didn't get stuck in the rope, otherwise there would have been a pun, pretty bad pun there. All I can think of is comparing him to various Will Smith songs now. Yeah. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado. No, 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 we don't want nada. None of this six-gunning. Look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meets Jim West. Yes, or, uh... Or instead of welcome to Miami, uh, for for Willie, it's welcome to wonderful Indonesia. I feel like I had some other one other note about the roadblock. Oh, J.K. and Mike doing parkour when there's the shot where they show the Great Eastern Life uh, logo for the 100th time, and they pan down to to J.K. and Mike doing some sort of parkour before their next attempt. Ah. So, Alex and Big Willie leave in 6th, with JK and Mike in 7th, and Vicky and Rachel in last. And, did you notice that Perul and Maggie don't seem to know what a super leg is? If you want to know what a super leg is, watch The Amazing Race 6. Although, I count that as two legs, but but yeah, others define it as a super leg. Or, alternatively, watch Amazing Race 5's insane leg. You know, the Brazil to Russia one. Oh, yeah. That was a long round. It's funny because teams got to the temple in this episode. And they're like, oh, it's nice that we finally get to have some rest. And it's the third equalizer of the round. And I'm just thinking, man, if this in the Masonry 5, going from Brazil to Russia, you know how many equalizers there were in that leg? Zero. <laughs> Or alternatively, the Amazing Race Australia 2 version of the three-continent leg of Turkey, France, Cuba. Which then went straight into a double-length leg, so yet another round in Cuba. Jesus. Welcome to Amazing Race Australia. So, on the trains, it is Louisa and Treasury on their own at 5.20, and then Eric and Rona, Tom and Anita, Perul and Maggie, and Yvonne and Chloe at 5.50, and then JK and Mike, Alex and Will, and Vicky and Rachel at 8 o'clock but Vicky and Rachel earn their OTTN EDGIC score for the episode by going to the wrong Kuala Lumpur station and then feuding about it. <laughs> yeah, what did Vicky call Rachel? Because it got censored, and they don't censor much uh, in this season. I have no idea, but holy crap, that was a fight for the ages. Even He was even withholding water. Who does he think he is? Sue Hawk from Survivor Borneo? I bought that with my own money. No, you didn't. It was our money. Snatch. You are so freaking mean. It was funny too because she was wearing a shirt that said Trey Cool on it. And I'm thinking, wow, they could not be any less Trey Cool at the moment. They couldn't be any less Trey Cool right now. (laughs) 
Or uh, what was funny too is that uh, there's a, an Amazing Race blog out there by Alex Lang. Alex Liang. Liang, yeah. He's the only guy besides me that really blogs about international seasons that I know of outside of uh, Nanu on uh, Survivor Sucks. And anyways, he was talking about how he's frustrated that teams unintentionally embarrass themselves because production doesn't want them to doesn't want them to speaking their first language so sometimes things come out in like like broken english or just too thick of an accent for some of the phrases that they use and then with rachel i caught this because she says this about three different times in the episode but whenever she says focus it sounds like she's saying like focus and i'm thinking that's really close to being bleeped out there rachel Surely that's a command from one of Tara Bajro's videos, from what you've told me. I, we should clear this up right now. I don't think Tara works in the Indonesian adult film industry. Nor will she ever do that, or has ever done that. That was just Michael taking a joke too far. <laughs> I love that you actually feel the need to clarify this. <laughs> well, because we, so many jokes have come at Tara's expense over the past four podcasts and like uh, we we really need to just own up to our own faults uh, once in a while <laughs> I don't have any faults I'm a perfectly lovely person who's never mean at all okay Gerald do not compare me to him how dare you <laughs> comparison of the day how very dare you you can compare me to whatever you like, but don't compare me to Gerald. What about uh, Volta Mussolini's? Oh, you bastard. Ha! You can't take it back. No takes these backsies. I said you can compare me to. I didn't say that I would agree with it. And before you even say it, don't even make me pick which I would rather be. I would rather commit Harry Carey. Harry Carey. Harry Carey! So, once teams get to the temple, they find out that the clue is unavailable until sunrise. So, yet again, producers are screwing over Louisa and Treasury. Yep. As they said earlier, it's a part of the race. Poor Louisa and Treasury. It happens every time to them now. It happens to them as much as uh, being kicked out of things ten minutes before the start happens to uh, Lisa and Nicole. And once they get into the temple, they have to climb the 500 steps and have a time of reflection, after which they will be handed their next clue. I totally thought that, the t- I even wrote it down, I assumed that the task was to count the steps leading up to the temple. So I kept talking about reflecting, and like, oh, are they going to have to know the number of steps? But no, they didn't. I was convinced that when they started zooming in on all the signs, that it was going to be, remember all of these signs. Yeah. Did any of them have advertisements on it? No, it was meditative things, I think. Well, season six, I'm sure Yoga Studio is going to get in on sponsoring the Amazing Race Asia. So, once teams receive their clue, they have to find their next clue in a box on one of the clan jetties. And we also find out here that JK and Mike love each other very much, and they wouldn't do the race with anyone else. Yeah. And this was after that scene uh, while waiting for the for the temple to open up the night before, where uh, Mike says that he's not going to stroke JK. So they become very comfortable with each other over the past couple episodes. After they fought like cat and dog last week. Yeah, and before before Mike gets a brutal eye poke, that would even make John Jones say, damn! So once teams find the clue on the correct clan jetty, 
It is a detour, which is a choice between street art and street play. And in street art, teams must ride a trishore around a neighbourhood and find five murals hidden in it. At each mural, they must convince locals to pose with them in specified poses. And once they've completed all five photos, they have to return to the start point to receive their next clue. And in street play, teams must learn a two-minute Chinese opera fight routine and perform it in full costume to receive their next clue. And with street art, once they receive a trishore, they cannot pick another one, even if they break it. Which backfires for Tom and Anita. Yeah. Did you notice who the play judge looked like? Oh, the Survivor Thailand uh, intro? No, she was the Chinese doppelganger of Arissa Cox. I did not make that connection. Go back and have a look at it, because she looks so much like Arissa in the face. It's kind of weird. I'll have to tag Arissa on Twitter. She is Chinese Arissa Cox. Good old Chinese Cox. Edit that out. No. Um... <laughs> which detour would you have picked? I think I know the answer, but which one would you have picked? Well, considering we have another bicycle involved, uh, I would have chosen street play. Plus, we all know that I love a good uh, kung fu slash martial arts uh, challenge. We all know you love dressing up. Yeah, and that too. <laughs> and shockingly, I would have picked street art. You would have wanted to take a selfie with the cats? Yeah, damn right. Look at the mouse, guys, look at the mouse. Yeah, I would have picked it for one very good reason, and this goes back to last week's boot, Brandon and Alpheus, because Alpheus commented on one of the reality fan forum threads, saying that their detour theory was to never go for a detour where you'd be subjectively judged. It makes sense. Then, just in case the judges hate you. Yeah, basically go for a detour where it's set requirements, and it's pass or fail, rather than something subjective. And I mean, it worked for them on both of their legs. Mm -hmm. They probably would have won this leg too. Actually, no. Louisa and Treasury would have beaten them. They were on fire. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so I would have picked Street Art purely because at least it's 100% in your control. Yeah. Well, it's not in your control if you're Tom and Anita. <laughs> True, but to be fair, Tom and Anita managed to cut both the pedals and the brakes, both of which are kind of important. It was like Speed 4 happening. This tricycle can't go below 20 kilometers an hour. And street play also only has four stations. Yeah, that, I didn't. They don't even mention it was a limited stations uh, detour until Eric and Rona got there. No, they don't tend to mention it unless it affects someone anymore. Yeah, like Masonry's Canada, they'll mention it. Uh, yeah, if it comes into play, but Masonry's Asia should have mentioned it uh, right when they explained this detour, rather than like then people like, oh, I didn't know that that Eric and Rona would have to switch detours or. Or uh, trying to figure out why Vicky and Rachel have been sitting on the bench for half an hour. And Eric and Rona find the box on the jetty, but they are blocked by dogs. <laughs> blocked by dogs. That sounds like a fitness uh, thing for dogs. And Vicky and Rachel help their Indonesian brethren Louisa and Treasury to find the box. And Vicky and Rachel are the fifth to the street play detour so have to choose between waiting or switching, and Eric and Rona get there soon after, but they decide to switch, whereas Vicky and Rachel decide to just stay there and sit out. I really wish that Clan Jetty uh, clue box was just uh, on the east on the 
eastern coast of town where where the Wu-Tang uh, clan jetty was located. There would have been the, the RZA and the Jizza could have been hanging out at the clue box. But Arisa was busy judging the street play detour. No, jeez, how how white are you, Michael? How do you not know the Riza and the Jizza and the Method Man and Red Man and ODB? As we have discussed on previous podcasts, Logan, I am horrendously white. <laughs> and Louisa and Treasury use the novel tactic of kidnapping people to help them with the street art detour. And Tom bleeps the pedal. I genuinely think that Tom said fucked. I fucked the pedal. Which would make some specialist viewing. (laughs) I thought you said the pedal was fucked up, not that he did anything to the pedal. No, he definitely said that he something the pedal. I don't think you could put anything in that gap and have it not sound ridiculous. Is this this, the the next uh, installment of Jimmy Kimmel's unnecessary censorship? He fixed it, though. He did. He managed to F it back up. (laughs) And the traditional costumes for play also include makeup, just for all the all-male teams. And I know Logan loves it as well. Yeah, because that's hilarious. Not. I'm going to guess that not jokes have just made it to Canada, then. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I just got my VHS copy of Borat the other day. <laughs> and then uh, with Eric and Rona, because at the start of the episode we had uh, Rona praying, and then I didn't know that the editors were going to set us up for a joke when they when she prayed again. And the reason why it's funny this time, not that she prayed, because we're not dissing somebody for their religious beliefs on this podcast, but rather that... Holocatholicism. Yeah. And then uh, when Eric initially starts pedaling the tricycle, Rona says, Heavenly Father, please keep your eyes open. And as she is saying that, Eric loses control of steering (laughs) and of the traffic that's on the road. Do you think that they deliberately put in a broken trishaw just to see who was going to get it? Oh yeah, I'm sure they just took a crowbar and just smashed some of the tires or uh, the axles and stuff like that. And then yeah, the one person that it's like Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he cuts the brakes on the car just because he's the wild card. So I'm guessing he must have been in, in production and also cut the brakes to uh, to Tom's uh, bicycle. And one of the moments of the episode was when Gerald hit Mike in the eye with a spear. <laughs> yeah, right in the eye, too. It's the first time all season where they've seen eye to eye, eye, to eye with one another. Right in the kisser. Yeah. And Tom also manages to cut the brakes on their trishaw just to add insult to injury. <laughs> and Alex and Will manage to get rejected by Chinese Arissa, as do JK and Mike. And then we have Rona's chant of, leg day, leg day, leg day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True friends don't let you miss leg day. So it is Louisa and Treasury leaving Art in first, with Alex and Will leaving play in second, Yvonne and Chloe leaving play in third, Tom and Anita leaving Art in fourth, Perul and Maggie leaving play in fifth, Eric and Rona leave play in sixth, and then JK and Mike get rejected again, and then they leave play in seventh, with Vicky and Rachel in last. But not before. I think I think Rachel, Vicky and Rachel actually finished this task in fifth or sixth, but they were penalised and forced to leave last just because of Rachel's uh, insult of Will. Yeah, the burn penalty. 
in the same way that we had the hazard in season 19 that was supposed to affect every leg, Vicky and Rachel get a 30-minute penalty in every leg that they survive in, purely for the burn that Rachel gave Will. You're so pretty, Will. Pretty ugly. (laughs) And shocking nobody, Louisa and Treasury are the first team to check in, and they win... Nothing! Nothing. Absolutely nothing! Stupid! Is that your impression of the guy from UHF? You know I put that in as a stinger last week, right? Yeah. Just to try and make you sound less racist. (laughs) Well, I think we need to throw it in here, too. (laughs) Yes. Louise and Treasury finish first. And yeah, they win nothing. Nothing. Not even not even a hug from Sabrina and Joe Jer. No, but they do get to meet two producers who they've probably already met in Sabrina and Joe Jer. Yeah, they get to meet them, but they don't get to hug them. It's not hug world like uh, Lonely Island and Pharrell Williams. It is in their contract that Sabrina and Joe Jer don't have to meet the peasants anymore. <laughs> we were the first all-female team to win. We are better than everyone else. Screw Yvonne and Chloe winning the second leg. Or Louise and Treasury winning the third leg. We started this. We're, we're pioneers, guys. We're pioneers. So Alex and Will, who are still made up from Street Play, checking in second with Yvonne and Chloe rounding out the top three. Oh, and another note with Louise and Treasury finishing first is that they're on course to be the best Indonesian team ever. And so I, I just can't wait for Hussein to be toppled. I know you can't. I just... I just hate that Hussein is like the number one Indonesian racer in the world. And that's sad. And Tom and Anita coming in fourth, with Perul and Maggie in fifth. Oh, we missed uh, Will's uh, motivational quote of the episode when he checked into the pit stop. When when they finished in second, Will said, You don't need to be perfect. And I really took that to heart, and I felt a bit better about myself thanks to... uh, Thanks to the wisdom of Will Chi. And yes, his last name is actually Chi. Not, I, I, I didn't make up, like, you know, Will Chi. I thought it was Smith. <laughs> yeah. He's the fresh prince of Kuala Lumpur. I was, I was trying to think of, like, an a improv rap on the spot, but I couldn't. Well, like, what's he going to say? You know, West KL, born and raised, where I used to spend most of my days grabbing some flags, mixing up with stickers, falling down sides of buildings. In West KL, born and raised at the Great Eastern Building, that's where I was raised. Where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing old cool, pulling some stickers outside of the pool. <laughs> when a couple of woos, up to no good, started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got in one little fight, my mom got scared, she said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle to Indonesia. Wonderful Indonesia. <laughs> Uncle Alec that, That's what it should be It should be like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air But it's Alex and Will Both being adopted by Uncle Alan and Aunt Tara Here comes the sentence I never thought I would be saying on a podcast Give me a second while I improvise a rap <laughs> I'll show you how Not what I am <laughs> 
in West KL, born and raised by the Great Eastern Building, I spent most of my days chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool, pulling some stickers with Maggie and Perul, when a couple of woos, up to no good, started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got in one little fight, my mum said no, she said, you moved to wonderful Indonesia with Tara Basro. <laughs> well done. Mic drop. Yeah! Yeah, I'm so white. So, Tom and Anita were fourth, with Perul and Maggie in fifth, and Eric and Rona in 6th, and Jake and Mike in 7th, and Vicky and Rachel in last. Oh, did you notice that Alan made fun of, uh, what was it, when Yvonne and Chloe uh, checked into the pit stop, he's like, why'd you guys not choose the bikes? Why didn't you? Why you Why you no bike, Yvonne and Chloe? It's like, why, why are Yvonne and Chloe singled out for not choosing the bikes? There were several other teams who didn't choose the bikes either. Yeah, Yvonne and Chloe. And then, uh, no, that's that's an insult to Alan. <laughs> and then uh, it was funny with Perul and Maggie, how Perul was like, yeah, we didn't go with the bikes this leg for obvious reasons. So Vicky and Rachel come in last, shocking nobody, but they are the recipients of the Zabrina and Jojo save pass, and it is a predetermined non-elimination leg. And there was no mention of a speed bump, but some presumptuous person has put one on Wiki anyway. They've never done a speed bump in Amazing Race Asia, right? They haven't, and I don't think we're going to be getting one next week either, because they probably would have mentioned it. Yeah. They probably don't have the budget for it, unless it's a sponsored task. Like, uh, you know, motivate yourself to get out of last place with the Garuda Airlines or something like that. I hope we're not going to get a speed bump, because generally they are both useless and pointless. You know what was funny that what Michelle will like about this episode is, because Michelle's always amused whenever... People say, oh, we got this, because that's, that's in like in every American reality show ever, and then some Australians now say it, and then here we are in Amazing Race Asia. I think it was JK and Mike or Vicky and Rachel who said, we got this. And I'm thinking, hmm, even Asians say we got this now. And Rona, Eric and Rona had their Filipino showdown with Peru and Maggie to the pit stop, and then Eric did his did his own rap saying that Philippines is in the house. And then, of course, Rona claiming that she was dying when she's clearly not dying, and all she did was use it as an excuse to cry into uh, Eric's uh, uh, pectoral muscles. Well, this is the first time they've not been fourth place in a leg. So, yeah, that's what happens on leg day. Leg three day. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for when uh, Eric claims that he's dying and then he does the same thing, uh, but in reverse uh, next episode. So next time, there's elephants, more fight choreography, Rachel cries, and nobody can stay calm. But next week could be an interesting leg, because before the season started filming, the Indonesian Tourist Board spoiled the 10 locations that were going to feature in the season, and next week's leg takes place in one that didn't feature on that list. In Phuket. I think the Indonesian Tourism Board uh, put out like the press release and then when they published it they realized they, they had missed the one location and like yeah Phuket. Oh. <laughs> but yeah Phuket was actually not on the list of places they were going to which is interesting. But it's great news because it means we're probably getting 11 likes now. Yeah and as well J.K. Mike got scolded by Alan saying that they're playing a dangerous game. 
You're playing a dangerous game, Gerald. You're playing a dangerous game. Especially when you ride on the elephants. Everything sounds so much less sinister when we call him Gerald. Yeah. Hey, it's Gerald. With this elephant of the day. Are you going to come up with a new radio segment for him every week? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for I poke of the day when that keeps coming up. <laughs> it's Mike's spear to the face of the day. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed to swell your eyes shut. So, what do you think is going to happen next week? I think Vicky and Rachel are done, and I think I think next leg, Alex and Will will do a little bit better. So, you think the Smith brothers are going to win next week? Oh, I hope so. I think I'm warming to Alex and Will. I didn't really realise how much I would like them. I didn't realise how many screen cap- funny screen caps I've taken of them so far. I'm thinking, huh, they're actually delivering. They are quite entertaining, given that their archetype is usually game-botty and awful. Yeah, like on paper you'd think, holy crap, these guys are going to be the most boring pieces of shit out there. But no, they've been a, they've been a pleasant surprise. Like uh, when Rona was hanging out with them at the pit stop, she claimed she was dying, and then she just started crying into Alex and Will's uh, pectoral muscles, too. So, is there anything else to say about this leg? No, I think... Seen as though I think we've gone vastly, vastly off track. <laughs> yeah, we still did in under an hour, I think, overall. So, thank you for listening to this UR Team Number podcast. You can join us next weekend for the next Amazing Race Asia recap. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Helmstone for me, and Log Sukuwaki for Logan. See you next week. Bye. Peace out. We're off to see Uncle Alan and Auntie Tara. <laughs> <laughs> they will put makeup on your face. <laughs> will, you're so pretty. Pretty ugly. Ha, 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 ha.